Huge show for everyone today. We are going to get into this shooter in Buffalo, the manifesto, and the fact that he was known to authorities a full year ago. We're also going to talk about India, the food riots that are coming, this wheat export ban, and we're going to get into baby formula going all the way back to the 1978 Kennedy hearings. But before we do, I want to tell you guys that the Turning Point Student Action Summit has just been announced July 22nd to 24th. It's Tampa, Florida. I cannot wait for this. And yes, it's officially confirmed that the 45th president of the United States, Donald John Trump, will be speaking there. I'll be there. Charlie will be there. Everyone's going to be there, the whole crew. So make sure you go to register at tpusa.com slash sass. That's tpusa.com slash sass. Come see me, Charlie, and President Donald John Trump, July 22nd to 24th, Tampa, Florida. Go to tpusa.com slash sass, S-A-S, to get your tickets now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is May 16th, 2022, and an Domine. Today's top headlines. The Buffalo, New York shooting. Absolutely horrific. We need to dig into this and dig into the insane ramblings of this manifesto. We're going to dig into it. Next, the Supreme Court, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. What does it mean? What's coming out? Third, India banning wheat exports from Zero Hedge. We've got the full article. And finally, Ashley St. Clair over at Post Millennial has a new piece out all about her 2021 warning about a year ago on baby formula. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. We're still gathering the facts. Already, the Justice Department has stated publicly that it is investigating the matter as a hate crime, racially motivated act of white supremacy and violent extremism. Hearts are heavy once again, but a resolve must never ever waver. Our first story today, the mass shooting that took place in Buffalo. Now, keep in mind, this was not the only mass shooting that took place uh, this past weekend in our country and the wonderful country of the United States of America. Unfortunately, we've had multiple mass shootings. There was a mass shooting in Orange County in uh, in California outside a church. There was another mass shooting out the, outside the Milwaukee Bucks game with 20 people shot there. Uh, it was an 84 Buffalo. However, it was an 18-year-old, and it was a planned attack months in advance before driving three hours to shoot 10 people in a supermarket ambush motivated by hatred of black people. Police are interviewing his parents, as from Daily Mail, as seven victims are named and suspect is placed on suicide watch. 18 years old. His name is Peyton Gendron of Conklin, New York. He's been charged with first-degree murder. Of course, he'll be charged with multiple counts of that. And he's inspected to be indicted on additional charges. He pled not guilty and is being held without bail. He's due back in court on Thursday. We also know that he was live streaming the attack. And one name that I really want to put out here that I want to make sure that everybody knows is the name of Aaron Salter Jr. Aaron Salter Jr. was the security guard who stood his ground, who shot back at the assailant, at the active shooter, and came and didn't know what the situation was, didn't know who it was, knew nothing about the background, but knew that there was somebody with a long rifle that was shooting into his supermarket. And he stood, he waited in ambush. Now, I have actually watched the video myself. It is completely horrific. It is very gory. And I want to caution anybody that looks at that thing. But I did review the tape, and when I see it, you can see the security guard taking a position 
And then while he's exchanging fire with the assailant, and we can't see, you know, obviously we can't see what's in the video because it's from the shooter's perspective, but you have to understand what that security guard was doing was that he was using his own life to be and have the ability to hold his ground and buy time, buy time for the people in that store to be able to get to safety. We will not know how many lives were saved because he took that action. He tried to stop that gunman, but he was fatally shot. One of the reasons that we've heard in recent reporting is that the gunman was wearing uh, body armor. He's wearing ceramic plates, I believe, uh, according to recent reports. Of course, all of this is still developing, and we want to make sure um, that we say that because we know more details will come out. But they're saying that he fired at the assailant, but because the assailant was wearing the body armor, he was not able to take him down and neutralize the threat. But one thing that we have also heard, and how many times have we seen this again and again in these stories, that this assailant, this kid, he was 17 a year ago, 18 now, was known to law enforcement and was known to state authorities. And that is the absolutely horrific part. So Kathy Hochul, Governor of New York, Attorney General Letitia James, where were you on this? What happened? How did the ball get dropped this bad? Because we were told a year ago he threatened to shoot up his school. He already had violent tendencies, already had obviously some kind of mental issue. He was on your radar, and yet you did nothing. You did nothing other than what they wrote a report, and they sent him back out, was still able to get a gun. And I've said this before, so people say, Poso, you're against red flag laws, but, uh, so a red flag law, what is that? A red flag law means you can take someone's guns away from them if they have a mental issue, or you believe they have a mental issue, or if you have a problem with them. But what happens is, because there's no due process, um, typically in these red flag law situations, people's guns will be taken away without any due process whatsoever. And the people who can file these uh, these claims and these complaints, uh, it varies depending on state and, and various propositions and proposals that have been put in for it. But when you're looking at a red flag law, there's no due process whatsoever. However, my response to this has always been because people say, well, what about dangerous people? How do you prevent them from getting guns? There's something on the books called, in New York State, a 5150. We actually call it a 302 in Pennsylvania, my home state. But a 5150 means an involuntary medical hold. If you put someone on a 5150 because you believe they have these issues, anyone can do that. The police could have done that, and that would have prevented him from owning a, or purchasing a gun in the future. It's as simple as that. You have 5150, it's already in the books, it's perfectly fine to use. Why was it not used here? Why was the mental health system deficient in preventing him from being able to obtain this firearm? That's number one. Number two, why, why was he let off the radar? Why was he let off the hook? There are serious public policy answers that need to be brought to bear here. And we've looked at this resume or this uh, manifesto that he's put out, completely insane ranting about races, ranting about the environment at one point, calling himself an authoritarian leftist, saying he's a former communist. So, of course, you'll see people saying he's a conservative. Uh, the Rolling Stone says he's a mainstream member of the Republican Party. But that's not what he said in his own document. It's not what he said in his own words. And so, of course, people are using this, as always, to score political points rather than actually look at the system and find a way to help people.
Across the country, Americans are discovering that if we want to change this nation, we must change the way the marketplace works. Woke corporations are seeking to divide us. Big banks are freezing the amounts of people who disagree with political views, their accounts, and our supply chain is dependent upon countries that actively work against our values. It is time for a change. And that change starts with you and your wallet. That's why I am so proud, Human Events is proud, to partner with Public Square, the largest directory of freedom-loving businesses that our nation has ever seen. Public Square is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local community and the businesses that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that buys only from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against the COVID mandates, or a bank that would never cancel you for your political views, Public Square is your guide. Just download the Public Square app from the Apple App Store or Google Play and create a free account to begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can find you today. Download the app today, Public Square. That's Public Square, Public SQ. All right, next up, a case that is going to be decided by the Supreme Court. It was argued past October for the 2021 to 2022 term, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. What is this case? Robert Nash and Brandon Koch each applied for a concealed carry firearm license for the purpose of self-defense. The licensing officer denied both applications, finding that neither individual met the proper cause standard required by New York state law in order to issue a firearms license for general self-defense. Now, New York courts have defined proper cause as requiring the applicant to, quote, demonstrate a special need for self-protection distinguishable from that of the general community. Nash and Koch subsequently filed suit in federal court for violation of their Second Amendment rights for concealed carry permit. The district court dismissed the suit, citing the Second Circuit's ruling uh, at an appeals court. On appeal, the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit affirmed. The issue is the case concerns a person's right to carry a concealed firearm for self-defense under the Second Amendment. The question presented, whether the state's denial of petitioners' applications for concealed carry licenses for self-defense violated the Second Amendment. The appeal is pending adjudication before the Supreme Court. This is a huge deal. Uh, this is a deal in New York State. This is a deal in a lot of states that require concealed carry permits for you to be able to, of course, concealed carry. But in some of these states, they issue a further guideline on top of it where they say you need to demonstrate what's called a, um, you know, let me look up the case law here, a special circumstance, right? A, or as in New York, they define it as proper cause. Do you have a proper cause to require the applicant to demonstrate a special need for self-protection distinguishable from that of the general community? And here's the question, right? Of course, the question then there in begs, who has a special need for self-protection? Who has the right to self-protection in the United States of America? Do you have the right to self-protection? Do I have the right to self-protection? The answer is everyone has the right of self-protection, also known as the right of self-defense, because the right of self-defense is the inherent expression of the right to life. This is the combination of the right to life and the right to self-defense. The positive expression of you having a right to life, which goes back to natural law, which goes back to the Constitution, it goes back to the Declaration, I take it way even further than that, Roman law, you have a right to life, therefore, you have a right to defend your life. No one has the right to take your life away. That's what self-defense is. We covered this so many times in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. You have the right, the express, exclusive, and unlimited right, in a sense, to defend yourself. 
Now, the question is, in many of these cases, like since I mentioned Kyle Rittenhouse, the question became, are you defending yourself excessively to the point where you're going above and beyond the force required to stop the immediate threat? And go listen to Andrew Branca or um, you know some of the other uh, lawyers that are out there on self-defense law. They can get into the issue of that much more deeply than I can. But what I'm saying is the issue is always the point of you cannot use fatal force if someone is not uh, threatening you with fatal force or fatal violence, right? You can't do that. Or, or only in special circumstances when someone comes into your home, they have a gun, when it's pointed at you, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many other issues there. But when it comes to self-defense, you always retain the right to self-defense. It is an inherent natural right because it is the flip side. It is the, self, it is the positive expression of the right to life. Simple as that. But the liberal United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit has pushed back on this and said that it is perfectly fine for the state of New York to require that only certain people with a proper cause and a special need, a special need for self-defense, a special need. And I've always thought that doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense because you don't know in these situations that's how force of violence works. And I'm sorry, but that's the real world that we all live in and inhabit every day. You don't know when violence is going to happen, but you want to be ready to be prepared to be able to defend yourself, to defend your house and defend your family. That is the point of the Second Amendment right there. It is the right of self-defense. It should be unlimited. And according to the Second Amendment, as written, it shall not be infringed. So I got a bunch of flights coming up this week. Going to be flying. Tanya Tay is coming with me. My brother's coming with me. And when I'm going for the flight, I like to be comfortable. I like to have comfort. And so when I know that I'm looking for comfort, that's why I reach. Men, this is for you. I reach for my Undertack. Why do I love Undertack? Because they are the only brand of men's boxers that has literally been battle-tested by special forces. Undertack have to be the greatest boxers really ever made because they cover all the bases. High-quality material that is antibacterial, anti-pilling, and moisture-wicking so you stay fresh and dry all day long. They come with a sturdy yet comfortable extra waist wideband, and the fly design actually makes sense. Undertack is durable, ultralight, fade-resistant, and shrink-resistant. Here's the best part. They're almost 30% less than the competition. Go to GetUndertack.com. That's getundertack.com today. G-E-T-U-N-D-E-R-T-A-C.com. Remember, as always, we are going to leave the links in the description of this episode. Undertack is running a special offer this month. So if you're like me, you want to buy three, get one free with promo code POSO. Whenever I go on my flights, whenever I'm going out, if I want a comfortable, relaxing pair of men's boxers that are going to do the right thing for me and for what I need, I reach for my Undertack. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. It's a great American company that's unapologetically pro-America, pro-Second Amendment, and pro-military. Buy three, get one free today. That's GetUndertack, G-E-T-U-N-D-E-R-T-A-C.com. The link is in the description. Next up today, wheat prices are soaring as India restricts exports. This is what we've told you about. We've talked about the food shortages that are coming, the impact of the events of Ukraine, Russia, the dust up there, the dust bowl situation that we might be seeing in the Midwest, you are going to see food scarcity like you have never seen before in the United States and around the world. Remember, this is what it was wheat prices that led to the Arab Spring, as Steve Cortez recently said today. 
Excellent point by Cortez. Follow him 100%. From ZeroHedge.com, wheat futures in Chicago jumped 5.9% to 1247 a bushel Sunday evening after India restricted wheat exports to preserve its food security. Since the beginning of May, prices have skyrocketed nearly 20%. India's decision to halt wheat exports was announced on Friday. The government said it must safeguard domestic supplies amid heat waves that threaten crop yields. Directing the wheat exports through government channels would not only ensure fulfilling the genuine needs of our neighbors and food deficit countries, but also control inflation expectations. Understand what this means. And they're talking about, okay, I'm going through the article. Before the export ban, India was expected to be one of the top 10 wheat exporters in 2022. Removing India's expected wheat exports creates a massive hole in global supply and demand. Wheat prices, this is from Javier Blas, will rise further and quickly. This is bad news. This is a bad situation. You want to talk about social instability? This is going to lead to social instability. Sri Lanka right now, they're rioting in the streets. Food riots. You are going to see food riots across the world at this point huge issues they're going to come up because as remember india is a very close trading partner with who with russia india gets their oil their energy needs for predominantly from russia but india is also a partner with the united states against china india and china are mortal enemies india will never partner with china and they are a natural ally for the united states against china for Russia, on the other hand, they play a balancing act where they try to balance the interest of India with the interests of China. So Russia tries to play both sides as the middleman. This is the heartland theory. This is Mackinder. Understand the heartland theory. The three major continental powers of Asia and Eurasia, Russia, China, India. Those are the three major. Can't leave the Persians out. Can't leave the Persians out there. A lot of wild cards. But those are the three major powers on the Asian landmass. And if those three start to rumble, you would see the biggest fight that you've ever seen in human history. Now, we don't think that's going to happen. But understand the instability that we're looking at right now. The fact that China and the CCP are close in ties and close in deals with who? Pakistan. Pakistan, the moral, mortal enemy of India. Why do you think... Why do you think, all right, I've talked about this before, but I'll, I'll bring it up again because we have to repeat it. Repetition is key to remembering. China is locking up the Uyghurs because Xinjiang province, that western province of Xinjiang, is in the way of China's One Belt, One Road program connecting them with Pakistan. They do not want the Uyghur population to interfere with their plans. And so they're going to build their one belt, one road straight across the territory of Xinjiang. And they're going to lock up the Uyghurs to get them out of the way. Why? Because Xinjiang is directly connected to Pakistan. That's China's ally. They want the oil from Saudi Arabia. They want the trade from the Gulf. That's the whole point of this. It's the Pakistan-China economic corridor. You're going to see rail. You're going to see pipelines. You're going to see roadways superhighways connecting Pakistan and China. This is the new Silk Road. It's not just going to go to Rome. It's also going to go to the Middle East, and it cuts directly across Xinjiang. So this, of course, will enrich Pakistan. 
Pakistan will use that money to enrich their military, grow their military. And who's going to see that as a threat? India. India is going to see that as a threat. And that's why the balancing act of the heartland theory, who has the upper hand in the heartland and in Asia, is so incredibly important to world peace. Our final story today, I really wanted to get into this one. It actually came out over the weekend in the post-millennial new op-ed written by Ashley St. Clair. And it's all about the U.S. formula, baby formula situation. But it's a very interesting take on it that I haven't seen anywhere else. I urge you to go read this at thepostmillennial.com. Ashley St. Clair, I tried to warn mothers about U.S. formula in 2021 and Twitter fact check it as misleading. What does that mean? A majority of people who use formula are unaware of the dangerous and manipulative propaganda that was pushed to make formula more mainstream than mother's milk. What does it mean? So it goes on in the op-ed, Ashley talks about how she just had her first kid, so she was pregnant last year, uh, November of 21, and she was getting samples of Infamil and Similac that was coming to her home, but she didn't even list anywhere that she wanted samples. She didn't even tell everyone that she was pregnant at first, yet she's getting these samples in because the companies already know, the marketers already know what's going on. So she wrote, after what some may see as an overreaction to some innocent samples, but she wanted to know uh, know what was in the formula that companies were already competing for the chance to be the product my child's life would depend on. I'm reading the op-ed. She said, I began to do extensive research on breastfeeding versus formula feeding and came to two conclusions, that breastfeeding is best and U.S. formula will never go into my child's body. Ashley writes, the decision was made that if I couldn't breastfeed, I would buy formula from outside of the U.S. Full disclosure, my wife, Tanya Tay, does the same thing. That uh, So we, we did both uh, for both natural and formula for our two boys. But when we went to formula, we purchased formula from Europe. And it looks like Ashley did the same. Ashley wrote, the driving part for the latter was simple. The United States standards for baby formula are some of the worst globally. From preservatives to toxic metals to soy to corn syrup to recall after recall, I could not stomach the thought of replacing nature's nutrients with the addictive and harmful garbage we allow in our baby's most essential food. However, when she posted her tweets last year in September of 2021, look at this. This is incredible. Twitter slapped an official fact check on it through their birdwatch service, stating, Breastfed is best, but infant formula is a safe nourishment as an alternative, with a link to the FDA statements on formula safety. And this is really interesting. So Ashley, later on, gets into something called the Kennedy hearings. This is why I like Ashley, because she goes next level with this stuff. Nestle testified to the Senate during the Kennedy hearings in 1978 to explain why babies were getting sick and dying from their formulas. Even after the Kennedy hearings, there was little to no remedy or mediation, if I can talk, to big formulas propaganda experts. You would think that there would be more stringent oversight in the production and marketing of a product as crucial for the survival of millions of babies, but there wasn't. The lack of accountability for big formula is undoubtedly a key component in the 2022 formula recall that has led to this unprecedented shortage. Outside of federal regulation, who knows how many babies would not be drinking watered-down formula tonight had our physicians not made brand deals with these formula companies. Who knows how many mothers would not be scrambling to keep their infants alive had big tech oligarchs like Twitter not labeled warnings about U.S. formula as misleading. According to Market Insight reports, by 2026, the formula industry, this numbers will, will shock you, is set to be worth more than $98 billion. 
dollars. You're asking what's at stake? $98 billion. All right, and that is all the time we have for today. We are uh, audio only today because um, I am on travel this week. I'll let you guys know what's going on about that a little bit later on, but we are audio only right now because we are on travel. What do we talk about today? The Buffalo, New York shooting. The fact that the, the, uh, the government, at least at the New York level, possibly at the federal level, we're waiting to see, hear more about that, knew about this a year ago. We talked about the New York State and Rifle Association fighting back in the Supreme Court for your right to carry concealed. We talked about the India wheat export ban and what that means for world markets, food riots, and we got into the baby formula warning and the writings and warnings of Ashley St. Clair. Excellent research that was done by her. That's all the time we have for human events today. Remember, as always, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you is to be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us. Share this out with one, just one of your normie friends, and leave us your five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. Today, in 1920, Joan of Arc, the national heroine of France, was canonized by Pope Benedict XV. Remember our heroes. Remember our history. Remember who we are. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. <laughs>